Talk Radio with the best host in the biz. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshaies is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshaies has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshaies. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James Peter Shea, the host of Thought, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, you know I am happy and pleased to be here with you, uh, to be given the opportunity to talk to you about the things that impact our lives now and in the future. And today is no different. Uh, I want to talk about us as individuals and how is it that we deal with this journey on a daily basis as we make our move toward childhood, teenage years, young adults, and then adults. And how do we reflect on this life as we go from one year to the next? Uh, we do realize that as a child, as an infant, we're living in a time when we are not really sure about what's going on or who we are or the direction we're going in. We're tending to mimic the things that we see and explore the new abilities that we have as we become a infant to uh toddler and then to a our childhood stage and so we're discovering new things that we can we can do 
and we're mimicking the adults that we see, and we're trying to gain control over the language that we'll speak. But the realization is is that how much of life do we truly control? And how do we respond to that portion of life that we don't control at all? And then we have to consider our response to the part that we don't control. You know, we literally go through life interacting with people and we can't control the way they treat us or react to us. We can only respond to it and determine if there's a way to make that response positive or negative. And we have to ask ourselves, how long or how much of our life do we want to live in conflict? Uh, because so much of how we react to what we can't control will either create peace or conflict. And so we have to measure our responses to the things that we can't control, find a way to maneuver through life in a way to create less drama. The last thing we want to do in life is create so much drama for ourselves that we can't enjoy the peace that God is really wanting us to discover. So it is today we want to talk about what is it we control and how do we relate to the drama that exists in our life if we choose to respond to everything that is not in our best interest in a negative fashion. We have to learn how to allow things to run off our back and not give us a whole lot of continuous anger within our spirit because of our inability to control what's going on around us. How are you doing, Cheryl? I'm doing great, and what about yourself? I'm doing fine. Cheryl, this is one of those times where we want to do some reflection on how it is that we deal with life and the things that we can and cannot control so that we don't become overwhelmed by life itself. Well, you know, I've learned that the things that we cannot control, if we try to handle the, we try to control it or handle it, it would only frustrate us. And in the end, we still would not be able, the, re, the end results would not be where we can control it. So I try, I don't um, try at all to control anything that I can't control because what's going what's the sense of it and you know with me and my faith I give a lot of things up to God because I know that in life things happen for a reason and what it is 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 for us and it may not be right now at this moment but eventually the reason will be revealed to us. 
especially if we ask him. Um, things that I do, I'm able to control, I do control them. Um, I don't let them get to the point where they are so out of hand where I can't rein it back in. Um, and, you know, and I think life can be so frustrating for people who think they can control everything and everything is not within each person's control is that we have to give those things up to God and realize that he has a purpose for those things that's happening around us. And meanwhile, be busy about the things that we can and we do have control over. Uh, Cheryl, you bring up a real good point. You know, we really need to focus on what it is that we can control and recognize that we have to find a way uh, to live with and around the things that we can. Uh, D, you know, we're talking about how, what is it that we really truly can control in life and how do we deal with the things that we can't as we go along this journey. You know, as infants, uh, we really weren't in any control at all. Uh, you know, we were depending on our parents and people around us to give us um, love and affection and direction. Now that we're adults, we recognize that we can only control so much of our existence with our own individual will. But what do we do with those things or people who pass our, uh, come across our path uh, who we don't control and who we can't dictate the kind of response they're going to have to us? Uh, so I'm not sure how much of our life that makes up, but I'm sure it is a major portion when you're dealing with your boss, you're dealing with your coworkers, you're dealing with your family. All of those people play a part and bring something to the table that we don't control. Well, good evening, everybody, uh, and thank you, James. Uh, this is uh, probably one of the more important topics that, uh, that that you've had since I've been on, on your show, uh, going on almost two years. And the reason is, uh, you know, uh, the inability to control uh, anything outside of our own self is probably the uh, the most uh, important question uh, next to why am I here and what's my reason for living. Uh, the fact that we can't control anything outside of our own self uh, is mind-boggling. However, uh, the, the the serenity prayer is probably, and y'all can test me on this, is probably the best-kept secret next to who built the pyramids and why. Because, you know, we know the Egyptians did, but there's always been a theory that some, some entity from outer space came and helped them along. The, the serenity prayer is actually uh, has more, probably just as much weight 
when it comes down to common existence in this world as the Lord's Prayer, especially when you dissect it and take it apart word for word, meaning for meaning. Uh, example and important. God grant me the serenity. That that is first of all I ask for God to grant me the clarity of mind to be able to receive information that's coming to me and knowing and being able to ascertain things that I can and cannot change in in my existence. All right. So grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change and things that I can. The other key word in that is the implementation of acceptance. Now, we can all look at our own life through, since the time we was probably 12. Because at that point, at the age of 12, I think that once we leave, uh, reach the age of 12, all the information that our father, our mothers, our fathers, and our grandparents tried to give us, by age 12, we have probably gained uh, some sense of our own opinion about things, okay? So uh, in, in this, you know, in our upbringing, in our upbringing, in our upbringing, it is, it is imperative that our parents understand the, the strength behind the concept of acceptance. Things. Accepting what you can, what what is is, you know. The, there's this other thing uh, that's that's being said now. It is what it is, and get over it. It is what it is, and and so when we uh, are, are children and we want to kick and scream and and throw tantrums because we can't get stuff, and our parents give in to that, that's a huge mistake. Because when you reach the age of 21 and you step out of that out in the world, when you leave high school, the world don't care nothing about what you want. That's on you. So if your parents have spoiled you and given you what you want because you want to throw tantrums, the world don't care. And so that's where we get in trouble as you think that, oh, she don't love me, she loves me, you know, and I gave her my heart and she loved me and now I want to go out and do harm. Well, your parents should have told you to accept it. That this ain't your world. All you can run is what you run. My mom used to have a have a saying: If you want to run stuff, and she used to use the S word. If you want to run stuff, get your own stuff, and then you can run stuff the way you want to run. Other than that, you have to really kind of give in to where it is. Thank you, James. You know, it's unimaginable that so much of what you want in life and so much of what you love and you truly care about is not under your control. Uh, You can buy a car uh, that you really love and you can control that car in terms of how uh, much time you keep it clean, how many times you wash it, uh, how many times, how much you, um, take care of the oil uh, or, you know, just keeping it in good shape. But unless you're willing to leave it in your garage, uh, you don't control how long that car will stay within your possession because every car that passes by is a threat to it. Every person that walks by it is a threat to it. And so, therefore, 
no matter how much you're willing to take care of it and keep it clean, it can truly be taken away from you in a blink of an eye. And that's a possession. The same holds true for the people we care about. Uh, they can walk away by their own uh, validity. Uh, they can be taken away from us uh, because of the actions of others. And so we spend our lifetime wishing and praying that those things that we care about remain in our lives, despite the fact that they can so easily be taken away, Joyce. Uh, no matter how we we praise over them and pray over them, we literally have to give them up to God each and every day uh, because we do know, don't know the faith of their existence related to our our lives. Are you? Doing, I'm sorry, uh, Cheryl. That was for you. I'm sorry. Can you just repeat the end part of it? Uh, I was just saying, no matter how much we love things and desire things to be in our lives, uh, they can be taken away from us in the blink of an eye, and we just have to give those things up to God uh, because we don't know the fate of those things related to to our, our journey. Absolutely. Um you know, and that's one thing, he's in control of it all. You know, no matter how much we say in our life we want things to go this way or that way or we expecting, um, you know, things to go a certain way in our life, you know, tomorrow uh, one, from one second to the next second, we just don't know. I mean, he can change our lives at the blink of an eye. And, you know, I think on my Facebook page I was talking about and telling people about um, to be, be comfortable with being uncomfortable because we never know. You know, we get so complacent, we get so used to, things and people in our lives and a lot of things you know we don't look at valuing those things while we have it and the people valuing people while they are still here and valuing relationships because we never know when anything would be taken away from us so you know, we we just don't have control over that. And like you said, at any time, our life can completely change, and we have no control over it, none at all. God is the only one that has control over the things that happen in our lives. Uh, Dee, you know, I as I look over my life, very little of what has happened to me uh, did I really see coming? And I never, you know, you you try to um, adapt to what has happened, even though you had no control over it. You know, I've had, I've been married twice, 
And I said when I was young, long before I got married, I said, I'm going to try this thing two times and then I'm going to give it up. You know, and that was largely because of how many divorces that I saw, uh, you know, divorce between my mother and father and the number of divorces I've seen between uh, other people. I just said to myself, I'm going to try this twice. And then I, and then I, then that's it. And then I never imagined that I would live so much of my life uh, without my parents. Uh, both of my parents died at an early age, uh, around 62, uh, a little before 62 years. And uh, both of them had grandparents that lived well into their uh, 70s. And I know I had a grandfather who lived well in his 90s. And sometimes you cannot predict the kinds of emotions and the kinds of things you have to deal with in life. And you just have to be prepared uh, to uh, go over those hills and do those turmoils uh, despite the fact that they weren't what you thought life would be like. And, again, they are out of your control because clearly if I could have uh, allowed my parents to live longer, I would have. Uh, but certainly that and the um, destruction of my marriages were not in my heart, but yet they were still ended, and I had to learn to move on. Well, <clears throat> Jamie, you, you said a lot, uh, uh, but in essence, what you're talking about is my perception of life. Uh, and I think uh, perception is is a missing link when people speak about my life and what life is and what I should get out of life. Um, the perception of what life is uh, and what it should be for me, so so I think it should be for me, is how I perceive things uh, in what order that makes me comfortable, like Ms. Cheryl said. Now, uh, understanding that life is not to be made comfortable. Uh, any scientist that, that has studied uh, any organism knows that uh, the struggle for existence is what life is. It's the struggle to maintain. That's 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 what life is. All in a nutshell, it's not to be in a place where you're comfortable. Because there is no comfort uh, in this life, there are other other organisms that you have to deal with. The same size as you, they talk like you, they look like you. Some of them don't even look like you, but they can still talk. And they all have the same purpose, which is to control their surroundings. All right. Now, so when I understand that uh, that's what life is, then my take is to try to exist within my own sphere, if you will, and try to um, make that as pleasant as I can for as long as I can, understanding that life in itself is borrowed time, okay? Now, when my mother died, when my mother died and my father died, uh, even in the latter part of her life, I decided to start changing or 
I decided to uh, exhibit selfish attitudes. Uh, hence, uh, my my experimentation with drugs and things of that sort, which made her life uncomfortable. Okay. Then uh, I was able to uh, get my life in order uh, to where she did see uh, some uh, a comeback to where I should have been, um, so I would say, but we never know what God's plan is in our life. All we know to do is ask for his grace so that we can actually get some betterment out of living. All right, so when my mom died, I didn't grieve in a hostile way. I actually thanked God for the opportunity for me knowing her for as long as I did. Bam. Okay, because through, through had it not been for rehab, and then the point, the thing that I had to go through it four times to actually start paying attention, um, I came to the realization that this is not my world. Uh, there is a God, and I am not him. Um, you know, uh, anybody that you come in contact with on a day-to-day basis, you can tell by their posture and by their attitude that they're trying to control their environment. And if you get too close to them, they'll try to control you too. Uh, in that, I have to come to accept they are who they are. Ooh, now, that's tough right there. Because when I accept and allow a person to be who they are, even white, prejudiced, redneck, gay, or whomever, thug in the street, dope dealer, next dope, all of that, if that be the case, if I ever come to a space where I can allow them to be who they are and know that God is he, who he is, and he'll handle that in, in due time, and I stay in my place in a fair Rim in my mind where I don't have to be bothered with that. I sleep with it. I'm all good. Now, when I want to say this. I got to say this real quick about marriage. You know, this is my third marriage, okay? And in my other two marriages, I I didn't give up. But what I did find out was that I need to improve how I perceive what love and life is. So. When it comes down, I've heard Pastor Smith say once before, and um, forgive me for saying this, but I'm just repeating what he said. He said he'll never get married again because of, in essence, in his statement, he couldn't control the situation. And you can't control the situation. You can't control, you cannot control marriage. What you can control is how you perceive marriage to be. You can control yourself. You can't, I can't expect my wife to change. I can't demand that she change. I can but I can put those expectations on myself. If I change the way I see her and as, as I the way I see my family, then that's 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 the God working in me. It, it, I can't pray my pray to the Lord to change her. Why? God serves all of us. We, we God do not serve us, we serve him. So it's not the it's not the the marriage, it's how I perceive marriage to be. I have to change my attitude toward marriage. And, and going forward, that's why I can get the best out of that relationship. Thank you. You know, it's unimaginable uh, that we uh, have something that we truly love so much. Uh, you know, we've come to love and appreciate life despite our inability to control so much of it. And so uh, we sit here 
And every day when we open our eyes, uh, we need to recognize there's a need to uh, cast the umbrella of protection around us uh, because we're so unable to protect ourselves. And so the things that we love and care so much about that are at the mercy of the world, and just like you said, there are a lot of people out there who look like us, who may talk like us, uh, but just don't behave and appreciate life the way we do. And so that causes a lot of pain and hurt uh, because they so easily forget how important life is. When you look at the way that uh, alcoholics behave and how selfish they can be uh, and how they end up taking away so many lives in our communities because of their behavior. When you look at people who are... take a little short break until I can get everybody back responding. I have quite a number of people on the board, but nobody's talking to me. Does anybody hear me? Yes, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Uh, I'm not sure what was going on. I, I, nobody's talking with me. I was trying to go to break and I couldn't get anything to play. But Regina, we're talking about how much, so much, how so much of the world is out of our control, and the things that we love and we care about are at the mercy of others, and that we just have to pray a hedge of protection around things we care about. Uh, because we can't be with those things 24-7. James, you are so correct. Oh, you are so correct. You are so correct. Um, one thing that I, I, I was in, first of all, my birthday went Saturday, Saturday. So, Part of my birthday present to me was to um, go through a, um, become a certified coach, um, influence coach. And that entails several things. But one of the things that, that is sure about being a coach, and that is you must have things in your life straight. You know, you must have your 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 physical health, your your mental health, um, and other aspects of your life straight. Now, if something is on, and this isn't me coaching, okay, this is just me responding. If something on the outside is out of your control, but it but it is you then you have to pray a hedge of protection around whatever it is that is out of your control 
but also make that issue such that it is not going to tear you down and bring you down. Uh, you ha- we have to know when enough is enough. We have to know when we can't save things that are out of our control or people who are behaving in ways that are out of our control. And we must start focusing on you, me, so that you can move forward and enjoy this life that God has given you here on earth. And that that's my, my response to, to what you said. And I'm not saying it because I've seen it. I'm not saying it because I've seen it on TV. I'm saying it because I'm living it. Some things you've got to just let go and let God. And you have to learn to value what God has given you, especially in in the context of your life, uh, that there are very few things that are more important than your your living. And so no matter what happens around you, you have to somehow gather the strength to continue uh, despite how much you cared about that you had lost. Uh, so, Cheryl, we spend our lives uh, meeting people, uh, giving birth to individuals, uh, marrying people, uh, but in that, we can't not lose sight of who we are and what we mean not only to ourselves, but we, what we mean to God uh, so that we can continue to move forward no matter what happens in our lives uh, and how those people come in and out of our lives so that we can still maintain some sanity about who we are and the journey that we've undertaken. You know, um, you're so right. And um, when you say that, um, I I think I've mentioned it, that um, my brother-in-law passed at the age of 49 years old. And, you know, we looked at the fact of two years before that, not even um, thinking, or we don't even think that we're going to be without him. And that has a lot to do with age. And his wife has been a dear friend of mine, you know. And just a week and a half ago, she lost her mother. And she only went into the hospital and not being you know, sick of anything, and she didn't come out. And, you know, talking to my sister-in-law, she was saying about she has to now do something different in her life because her mother lived with her, and they worked together as a team, and then also her husband. And she lost these individuals within five months apart. And the drastic change in her life, and I think I mentioned it to you, James, 
a couple of weeks ago, losing uh, my daughter lost um, her baby. And, you know, she spent those months being pregnant, being prepared to welcome him into the world, you know, and to be a part of his life for a very long time. And just at an instant, her whole life changed. So, you know, death has a way of changing our lives so drastically. You know, and that's why I always say, you know, we have to cherish the people that we love today and not get here and talk about them at a funeral or anything. And those are the things that are beyond our control. And all we can do is ask God, and one thing that I do, I ask God, what is it in these situations that I need to see? I can't um, ask for anybody else. But when something is that close to me, you know, that's just like at church and the preacher is preaching. You know, we don't need to find out who he's preaching for, too, but what message is he sending to us? And it may not be something you need for yourself personally, but something that will cross your path in life that you will need. So we face a lot of challenges, you know, and with these three individuals just recently, it's that nothing was expected but very much out of our control. And when things are out of our control, all we can do is give it to him and ask him to lead us and guide us in everything that we do, help us to get through what it is, but most of all, help us to know what it is that he's speaking to us about, that they, that he has used these individuals for whatever purpose he has. And, you know, so much of, you know, we we those of us who are Christians recognize that uh, God is in control but he cannot save us from pain and unhappiness. Uh, that That is a part of living. And uh, the journey that we take uh, will always have things happen at the most unopportune times, D. Uh, we cannot regulate when and where things happen. And we have to recognize that we have to move on. I want to confess that I went through the worst depression that I have ever been in, being an only child and losing my mother and my father within two weeks of each other and also losing uh, my marriage during that same period of time. And I was so thankful that I had a daughter uh, to see me through that period of my life uh, because I could recognize that there was a need for me to get through this so as to still play a meaningful part in her life. And so we have to grasp hold uh, for a reason to live, even through the unhappiness 
that occurs in our life. Are you there, D? Okay, Regina, can you take that question or uh, make a <laughs> uh, share what your thoughts are regarding that? Well, actually, um, can you repeat? I was just saying that despite your depression, uh, you have to find a reason to get out of that cloud because there are people and things that need you. And you can't allow yourself to succumb uh, uh, to the unhappiness that it might exist in your life. Well, um, you know, and I, I'm by no means a therapist, but when you are in a depression, I I, I think if you could have found a way not to be in the depression, you would not be in the depression. Um, Saying that, I mean that sometimes you have to have someone who's going to help help to pull you out of that space where you are and remind you of the beauty that awaits you in life. Um, you know, it's different reasons for depression. It might be environmental, and it might be something that that's a physical reason for the depression. So I personally feel that it's a little harder than just finding a reason to to not be depressed. You, you, you first have to find the reason that you went there into that dark space and then find, discover what is it that can pull you out of it. I don't know if you can do it on your own. I don't know. I hear people saying that they do. I'm not too sure about that. I'm just I'm just not too sure. So I wouldn't want anybody to ever not seek help because folk tell them, you can you you can pull yourself out of it. All right, we're gonna take a short break and see if uh, we can get this board working effectively, and hopefully everybody will call back in and uh, and be ready to talk tonight. So, what do you want to do? I'm here, baby. I'm ready, baby. I'm waiting on you. Believe me. I am patiently waiting. Wasting time I've had my share 
and we now see ourselves in in a, in a world here in America where people who know who seemingly uh have lived most of their existence not really glad or happy that people of color are involved and we cannot get depressed or feel as though that we have no power as we go through these days See, we have to be able to dictate and control our own personal thoughts and responses so that we can make sure that the turnout is is in our favor. Are you there, Dean? Well, D is lit up on the board, but he seemingly is not there. Cheryl, what is your response to that question? Can you repeat some of it for me, please? Some of what's going on in our nation right now and in our world uh, seemingly has given white America carte blanche uh, to interact with us in a very negative fashion. So we have to determine how we respond uh, to white America so that we don't do anything that's detrimental to our own existence. Well, um, definitely. And that is our reactions to actions all around us. You know, um, and I can say for me personally that I'm not going to act ignorant and I'm not going to respond in an ignorant way for those that choose to act ignorant toward me or within my um, circle. Um, because, you know, that's going to also show who we are. And it's not a great reflection. So, you know, we got to be careful how we act. And how we react is probably the biggest thing. You know, we can get to the point where, you know, and a lot of people have lost control over how we've been treated, but there's a way to go about everything. And, you know, the uh, the great example was those young men who were in Starbucks. I mean, their reactions to the actions that took place on them that day set a great example that we don't have to go there, you know, that we can take a better way out and justice still could be served. So to me that was that was a perfect example. And, um, you know, and I know that we talk about it um, so often, about how we, you know, we show kindness toward others, although, you know, the way people want to treat us or have treated us, you know, and that's the same thing. You know, James, you, with a situation that was going on with you, you never got outraged. You never got to the point where you just were screaming and hollering, got ignorant, or none of those things. So that says a lot about who we are and how we handle things. 
you let the system play out in everything that um that was going on with you and so many of us you know has been has testified on your show as well things that they have gone through you know and the patience that is needed to go through those um things and that's showing that you know we are better we're better in the way we handle things um but we don't have to react in a way that make us look bad or tell other people that we are ignorant as well. Yeah, anger is never a good place to go when you are dealing with certain situations. Uh, So, uh, Regina, you know, uh, being an educator, we have to teach our young people and adult, young adults, uh, to somehow be re- to refrain themselves when something happens out of their control, and not uh, allow themselves to use loud anger to dictate their behavior. Yes. Um, again. Um, we have to we have to teach them coping skills, but while they're taught coping skills, they also have to be willing to use those coping skills. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back and give everybody an opportunity to say their final word.
help your children And don't let them fall By the side of the road And teach them To love one another Heart. 